Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. You guys, September must be the month of the man because I have had five men on this show out of six guests, and this is the very last show of September, and it's another man. Who would have thought that for the first, what, eight years of the podcast, seven years of the podcast, that I'd never had a man on the show? Did you guys know that? Did you know that when I started the show in 2014, that I decided that I was going to host a podcast where I just talked to women. I didn't want to talk to men. I wanted to give women a stage. And I still am so proud of myself for that. I guess it was the first six years because we had our first man in January of 2020. Uh, for real, Aaron Ivy, my husband, had been on a handful of times before that. And I believe that we had Jonathan Pitts on before that. But those were kind of like special guests. And then in 2020, we decided to have some men on the show and we've never looked back. And I'm grateful for it. I have had a ton of great conversations. And just September has been so man heavy. And I was just funny looking at the calendar thinking, wow, here I am ending September. And sweet little Maddie Pruitt Trout was the only woman this whole month. But we've had some great conversations this month. I'm happy to be ending September with Phil Vischer. He's on the show. Now, you might know Phil because he was the creator of VeggieTales. In fact, I believe I tell Phil in this episode today that at one point, my family and I were driving and we were listening to The Holy Post, which Phil hosts, and it's my favorite podcast to listen to. And my kids were like, this guy sounds so familiar. And it's because he was the voice in VeggieTales. Phil hosts The Holy Post, and that's where I was exposed to him. He hosts that along with Sky Jatani. Sky's been a guest on The Happy Hour before as well. But I've been wanting to have Phil on forever, and it's just never, ever worked out. And finally, it did. Phil Vischer is on The Happy Hour. We had a great conversation today. He's hilarious. He's funny. It was felt like we were just literally friends catching up, even though we've never met. Phil and I start the show by talking about what it means to create things. You know, he's been creating things forever, and him and I are both creators in the podcast world and really had a conversation about what it looks like. And then I jumped in to ask him about his show, The Holy Post, and what it means for him and his co-host to create content that is so thought-provoking and also really calling out some of the problems that we see in evangelicalism that we are living in our current state today. And so we had a really great conversation about what that looks like. We talk a little bit about what it looks like to love people and point people to Jesus in a political climate that sometimes feels a little uneasy and unrestful. And how do we do that? Well, I, I want to say that there are a couple of podcasts that I listen to religiously, like I'm going to listen to them every week, no matter what. And I was thinking going into next year, 2024, I, I'm a little, I mean, quite honestly, a little nervous about it. I feel like we've got a little bit of a uh, a little PTSD from 2016 and 2020 from the political climate in our country and the way that 
our churches somehow kind of intertwined into that climate in a way that isn't healthy or right or good. And I just want to suggest to you the podcast that I listen to that I think you might be interested in kind of clinging to, not in a hope because Jesus is our hope and we don't need anything else to take that away from him, but in a way to really kind of sit with like-minded people who might feel like you feel when having these conversations. Like I already said, The Holy Post is hosted by uh, Phil Vischer, who you'll hear today on the show, Sky Jatani. And then they have rotating co-hosts of Caitlin Schess and Christian Taylor. Another show that is a little bit newer to me within the past at least 12 months for sure is called The Bulletin and Christianity Today puts it out. They say that it's a podcast for Christians seeking insights into the events, questions, and people that are shaping their world. The most consistent co-host on that show would be Mike Cosper and Dr. Russell Moore, and I enjoy their conversations that they have about things that are affecting us in the political world and in our church world and everything else. And then one more show that I've really been enjoying over the last couple of months is called The Good Faith with Curtis Chang and Friends. It says, join host Curtis Chang and his friends as they follow Jesus and make sense of the world. With expertise, thoughtfulness, and humor, they discuss how Christian faith intersects with culture, politics, work, entertainment, and other aspects of life. So check out those three podcasts if you're looking to, hey, what can I listen to these days? It's not going to make me feel a little bit crazy. It's going to give me a a gospel-centered view on what's happening in the world. Highly recommend you check out uh, Good Faith, The Bulletin, and The Holy Post. All right, guys, without further ado, our last show of September and another dude on the podcast, Phil Vischer is here and you're going to really love our conversation. He's funny. He makes me laugh. He's insightful. Here is Phil Vischer. Bill, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here for less than an hour. I'm so happy that you're here too. And I just need to tell everyone that's listening is that if you, I was going to say if you're my real friend in real life, but also if you're an Instagram follower of mine, I talk about your podcast, The Holy Post, all the time. So it feels a little dream worthy to have you over here. Oh man. Oh man. I'm so excited to be here. Hello, everyone who hears Jamie talk about my podcast all the time. Although one time, Phil, I'm not going to lie, Yes, the, I had the podcast on when the kids were in the car and my kids were like, how do I know that? Yes. Like, how? What, do, what is this? What how do I know this person? is that voice? It's strangely like, familiar. I was like, oh, you know it because your childhood, this voice yeah. raised you. Oh, That's yeah, how you know this all voice. I, all I have to do is just turn a little knob internally about uh-huh. two notches and suddenly I go, hi kids, I'm Bob the Tomato. It's just, it's so close. It's just under the surface all the time. Well, thanks for helping me raise my kids when they were little, that's for sure. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, um, I'm glad. Okay, welcome to the happy hour. Introduce yourself, tell people what you do. I know you do the Holy Post. What else do you do? I'm Phil Vischer. I'm uh, an author, filmmaker, speaker, podcast host. I do a lot of, I like to make things is really what it boils down to. Hello, my name is Phil and I like to make things. Have you always liked to make things? Yes, always. Like I was making stop motion animated films when I was like eight years old, trying to figure out how to work a camera and point it at at Legos or GI Joes and make them move a frame at a time. I just love making things. I love that. I have my oldest son uh, wants to make movies. And so, and I read one of his college essays and he talked about the first camera he got. And I'm like, man, this kid might actually make movies because he Mm -hmm. loves all all parts of it. 
So it's interesting and fun. Yes. Well, making movies has never been easier unless you want to get paid to do it. And then that's a challenge. But it's very easy to make movies. You just need your phone and maybe a laptop or maybe not even a laptop. You can do half of everything on your phone now. I wonder what percentage of people who are making movies are making money off making movies. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. There are a whole lot of people um, working at Starbucks for health insurance, right? And pursuing their indie movie dreams, or but I, I mean that includes you know influencers on TikTok that mm-hmm. are kind of doing the same thing. They're making little movies, they're making content, and they're trying to figure out is you know can I generate any sort of a living doing this or is this just something that I do for fun? And it's crazy because if you ask young kids growing up what they want to do, they want to make fame they want to be famous. Yeah. They want to make right. movies. They want to be an influencer. Scary. It's a little scary. That's isn't a little it? scary. I think we're I think we're hitting a point, kind of a peak content phase where half of the world's population at any given moment is making content and the other half is watching the content and we're going to have to work out some kind of deal where then we switch so that the other half gets a chance to make content well i was just going to ask like how long can this go on i mean you've been podcasting since 2012 right yeah i've been podcasting since 2014 so both of us are kind of like oh you've been here for a while we've been here for a while We've been here for a while, but now, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows. Yeah. As a creator, do you think that we can just keep making hundreds and hundreds of shows or is there going to be a bottleneck? I, I think in in many things, because uh, media production has become so democratized, anybody can become a media outlet and mm-hmm. literally anyone, wow. almost anyone on the planet can be a broadcaster you know, a TV broadcaster, a radio broadcaster. So something that was very elite uh, 50 years ago is now completely accessible to everyone on earth, everyone with a wow. phone. Wow. How yes. does that make Barbara Walters feel? feel? And, well, she's dead, so she doesn't <laughs> feel much of anything. <laughs> I um, forgot she's passed. Yeah, yes, oh, she's wow. not really having a feeling about that right now, Jamie. <laughs> but what that means is that creating content is is now kind of a part of everyday life for a huge portion of humanity uh-huh. with with zero to no expectation that it's what they do vo- vocationally. Wow. You know, so that so media becomes vocational for a much smaller percentage of of people that are actually engaged in the production of mm-hmm. media. How does that make you feel as someone who this is your job and your dream and your passion? You create media because you are born to create. Yeah. And then we've got Johnny and Sarah who just are popping up things on TikTok left and right. Yeah. The only the only time I, you start to it start to like, oh, that 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 kind of smarts is when, you know, you'll see kids on YouTube that are just playing with their toys and then you read that they made ten million dollars last year. You it's, know? Like it I, is bonkers. I'm sorry. I don't. This is a fallen world because that <laughs> right. should not even be possible. This should not be okay. I, because I'm I work so hard. hard at my job. I work <laughs> so hard to create compelling content, and then some dad is following around his toddler <laughs> with his phone, and oh. you know, and he just bought a new house. Dang, I wish I would have just been on the cusp of that when I had little yeah, kids. What were yeah. you thinking? There is a part of it where it, it's it's kind of exciting that it's such a wild west of opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's also, 
you can see how weird human nature is by the things that pop. Yeah. It's like, seriously? That? Right. That pop? thought? Yeah. That's, that's what we're excited about today? That? And that's a little, you know, it kind of it gives you pause. It kind of want to slow down and, and, you know, read a psalm or something. Are there any something. psalms about this? I hope rest. Yes. Somewhere is, uh, you know, for the people will not understand what media makes sense anymore, oh Lord. <laughs> it's got to be there somewhere. It's in there. Eugene somewhere. Peterson had to put that in the message. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Phil, I mentioned you've been podcasting since 2012. You are Holy Post, the podcast, yes. and I love that show so much. And Thank you. I just want to take a minute to tell you why I love it. Okay. And this, um, I love it for a lot of reasons. So I've been podcasting since 2014. Um, been a follower of Jesus for my whole life. My husband's a pastor. We have. I'm telling you this, my audience probably knows this. I have four kids. Three of them joined our family through adoption and three of them are black. So I've got this family that that looks different in this current culture. It's just hard and church is hard and all these things. And I found your podcast. I can't remember. We kind of kind of judge things by was it pre-2016 or post-2016? Right. And I think I found it post-2016. And I, the way I describe what you guys have done for me, you and Sky and Caitlin and Christian, all the hosts of the show, you have helped me become a really deep thinker. Mm. And um, not to be weird, it can kind of make me get teary-eyed because I've grown so much in my faith in the last 10 years, and I've grown so much in my understanding of like people who don't look and act and grown up like me. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because my family has forced me into that situation. The current culture has forced me in that. But I just want to say too, that you guys have really been a big part of that. So that's my like heartfelt thank you for the work you've done. Well, that is awesome. Thank you. I did notice early on um, when we started dealing with topics like race, you know, and, and it, things became kind of touchy. Yeah, <laughs> so like the first mm -hmm. few uh, years, the first few, you know, did you notice that yeah. point where things uh -huh. became kind of touchy in the church? Yeah. Um, yeah. The first few years of the podcast, the audience was largely, hey, hey, that's Bob the Tomato. And he's like, he's making voices and he's being funny. Uh -huh. Let's listen to this. Um, and so, and we were, we were still concerned about the state of evangelicalism, you know, and mm -hmm. one of our first episodes was with, um, Oz Guinness just talking about is, does the term evangelical still have meaning in our culture? And today? that was in 2012, 2013? That was in 2012. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that we're was still having, we're still asking that question. Still asking the same freaking question right. 11 yeah. years later, and we still don't quite have the answer. Um, but still, most of the audience was, you know, okay, whatever. He's concerned about evangelicalism, mm -hmm. but he just did Mr. Nezzer's voice. Ha, 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 ha. And then um, Trump kind of, it just, it when we woke up to Trump that fateful morning <laughs> and realized, and then saw the results for what percentage of white evangelicals voted for Trump. Uh, not that they, you know, that we thought, oh, you should have all voted for Hillary Clinton. But like, no, if you don't like either, you know, if you can't put your name by either, then abstain. You vote third party, just do something else. But but I don't know how you can put your name next to that fellow. And when we started talking about that, things really changed, you know, and a lot of the audience that was just, you know, hey, we love VeggieTales and he does funny voices where it was suddenly, I don't like him anymore. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. taking positions that I do not like. I don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. You're making me feel like I shouldn't have done something that I did. 
you know, we're out. But then also some of the, when we start talking about race, you know, in, in um, I guess that was about the same time, um, a lot of the people, new people started showing up. And many of the first new people that showed up were people that had multiracial families. Mm. You know, there were a whole lot of people who said, I used to think everything was very clear and simple and everything I had inherited was true. Mm. And then I walked back into my church, you know, with my African-American mm. child or my Latino child or my adopted child from, you know, a whole nother culture. And I mm -hmm. saw the way people treated them or looked at them or I watched them walk out into the world without me and, mm. and saw what experiences they had. And suddenly, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those moments where you know, you know, the scales fall off your eyes yeah. and you say, I have been looking at the world through a filter of my own tradition and my own experience. And it is yeah. not universal. It is not even yeah. universal in the church. It is mm -hmm. universal in my cul-de-sac in the church. Mm -hmm. And I've yeah. been so sheltered in my cul-de-sac of my part of the church um, mm -hmm. that I'm now looking and seeing how big the church is, how diverse the church is, and how my experience is not the experience. Mm -hmm. And some of those people were the first ones to say, we're here to listen to your show, not because you do funny VeggieTales voices sometime, mm -hmm. but because we desperately need this. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you're, you're keeping us sane. And I remember yeah. I was, I, <laughs> I, uh, I took my grandkids, I have two grandkids now, and we took them to an indoor water park. Have you ever been to an indoor water park? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just muggy. Oh, yeah, it's muggy. And there's just uh, like chlorine spritzers in the air. They yep, just squirt yep. you in the eyes with chlorine. Yep, so you're just, yep. you know, so it, this is in Wisconsin. And it's, so it's a bunch of white, pasty, you know, Northern <laughs> Illinois Wisconsinites <laughs> standing in chlorinated air just trying not to make eye contact. And this guy, you know, white pasty guy comes kind of sidles up next to me a little, a little too close for my taste. Cause I'm in, yeah. you know, my bathing suit indoors <laughs> in November. And so is he. Yeah. And then he leans over and he whispers, I just wanted to tell you, I'm a pastor from Champaign Urbana and you guys are keeping me sane. Mm. You know, and he kind of whispered it under his breath yeah. and then he just kind of <laughs> disappeared yeah. back into the yeah. crowd. And I thought, mm -hmm. wow, we're doing something. Yeah. I didn't think it was what we would be doing. I didn't set mm -hmm. out to, I don't even know how to describe what it is. Yeah. But it's, it's a lifeline for a whole lot of people. And that motivates me to keep doing it. Even though, you know, I also have people saying, I'm never going to watch another VeggieTales video. For and, sure. you know, I'm, and I, and now that I think about it, I never liked them in the first place. Like, <laughs> now that they really think about it. Yeah, now know. that I think back, I always hated yeah. that to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you are doing something like that. And I think we see that. And I want to talk a little bit about Christian media. I remember, so for my particular platform and my show, uh, anytime, like my friends will ask me, what do you get pushback on? And I live in Austin, Texas. And so we're right down here on the border. You know, we've got a lot of things happening here. Uh -huh. So you live things. in a blue dot in a red sea. <laughs> hundred percent. And um, if I talk about um, not just race, but if I talk about systematic injustice that exists mm -hmm. and is still here, if I talk about immigration, mm -hmm. and if I talk about pro-life being more than just anti-abortion, mm. these three things, which I think you understand. Why would you even, the, why would you even? These are the three things that people say, oh, you're liberal now. Yeah. Or, oh, what are we talking about this for? Those are the things. And so I've all, I felt this kind of camaraderie when I listen to you guys, and I, I feel less alone. That is the yeah. truth. Yeah. You know? and, um, it is, it is it, disturbing 
the impulse that you see in our culture and in the church to always be sniffing people out to say, are you one of us or are you one of them? Are you one of us? Are you one of them? And if you talk a certain way, we'll say, okay, you're one of us. If you use, suddenly you use, you know, systemic injustice. Boy, that's a trigger phrase. You know, white privilege. Oh, wait, wait, did he just say white privilege? That's a one of them phrase. That's not a one of us phrase. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. the desire to have everybody cataloged onto teams, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the tribalism within the church that has nothing to do with Jesus and has everything to do with, you know, conservative or liberal politics mm-hmm. is, is, I think, one of the things that we, we push against the most um, but it, you will also get the most pushback when you, you know, when you push. It's really yeah, personal yeah. for a whole lot of people. Yeah. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. You know, it's interesting because we see this, you know, where it's 20, fall of 2023. Next year, we're in election year, which I'm already nervous about 2024. What, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to love your show. I have so much to listen oh, to you guys talk boy. about. <laughs> but I, I think when you say us versus them, what I feel so that is such a tragic thing is that the uh, politics does this really, really well. I mean, if you look, if you just look at the Republican Party, it's it, you cannot, you cannot ever disagree with anything that it is, or you're out. And right. we've seen that right. literally happen. Um, 
but has infiltrated into the church. And that mm-hmm. is what is so alarming and concerning to me as well, is there's no longer a way that we can say, hey, you know what? I don't even need to say my political allegiance. First of all, I want to have only allegiance to Jesus, but I can't talk bad about this side and I can't talk bad about that side because then everyone's so confused. you got to just pick one and join. What do you say for us going into 2024 to go against the tide if you got to pick one and join? Like, how How do we survive as evangelical Christians in a world that says, you're either for us or against us, so get out of our way. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, un- unfortunately, you 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 do have to be slow to speak and you know quick to listen, um, because if you say something and you touch on a sensitive topic before you've gotten to know someone, y- the relationship is over before it begins. So what you're saying is we can't have these conversations on uh, Twitter. X. Uh, no, no. Yeah. No, I'm I'm attempting to do much less on social media because I've realized that you really can't do very much at all. Mm. You know, it, because it's performative. Uh, Twitter, yeah. you know, I, I think on the podcast I've compared it to a, a middle school cafeteria. You know, where you you walk in, you find the table that is your group. This is my group. This table mm-hmm. is my group, and then you immediately start throwing tater tots at all the other tables. You know, right. here's why that table's stupid. Oh, the cheerleaders. <laughs> you want to sit at the cheerleader table? Uh-huh. They are so, you know, and then tater tot, yeah. tater tot, tater tot. And I've I've found that I'm not very good at resisting the urge to pick up a tot. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite thing when you talk about the fights you get on on Twitter on, on the podcast. <laughs> it's not good for my soul, Jamie. It's not good for my soul because you you know you want to act like you're Mister Rogers and you're just mm-hmm. you know calm and smiley throughout, but on the inside you start to get really really angry. You know it it really is a test of your sanctification to yeah, to try yeah. to engage. And there there are too many. Christian young, particularly young Christian men on Twitter who look at it as as a blood sport. Uh. You know, this is a blood sport, and I need to establish my. It's like a young uh, soldier or a young you know warrior in a in a Native American tribe where you're trying to earn your first feather. You're trying to earn feathers, so I'm going to yeah. take down that guy. And there's just this fight to the death. Yes, yes, it's the you know Ben Shapiro destroys whatever fill in the blank. Could be anything. Barbie, right? <laughs> yeah, destroys These Barbie. Days, yeah. Yeah. Destroys Joe Biden. Destroys and and that's the spirit of the age mm, in some yeah. uh, forms of social media where it is all about destruction of your opponent. And mm. you cannot have um when it's considered a blood sport, you can't have a friendly conversation that ends in a draw. Yeah. Because a draw is a loss. <laughs> you know, yeah, for so many yeah. people. So there's no saying, hey, we can we just don't see this. Let's right just here, agree to disagree. Yeah. No, I do have a few friends that started out as as Twitter attackers, you know, and I just I just kept trying to be nice to them long enough that we're actually friends now. Um, I don't know if it is if that's a good way to make friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of work. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) The time investment, you know, to a certain Mm -hmm. extent, Twitter is uh, for me, it became like allowing the whole world to line up at the front door of your house, take turns ringing the doorbell to argue with you. Yeah. And at some point you say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to answer the door because this really isn't an effective use Mm -hmm. of my time. Yeah. 
because uh, yeah. it could go on forever. It can go on for freaking ever. Forever and ever. So uh, no. but back to your question. Ne- yeah. Next year, what do we do? We, we work on relationships. Mm. You know, we work on relationships. We don't work on talking points and, oh, here's three, three points where I can argue anyone out of this position into this position because you can't, um, because yeah. it's really more about everybody's fears, everybody's concerns, and they're at an emotional level, not at a logical level, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you'll never get them to talk about their fears when they consider you, you know, you're, you're an enemy and you're trying to take something away from them that's important to them. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and tribe is extremely important, you know, as we are tribal beings, mm-hmm. humanity, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we naturally form tribes for protection. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the, the, what we can do next year is listen, offer friendship and stay um, kind of perpetually affirming and positive Mm -hmm. and cheerful um and then you know hopefully that leads some people to say why the heck are you so positive Mm -hmm. and cheerful Mm -hmm. and like well let's i'm looking at everything through the lens of the bible i'm not looking at through the lens of critical race theory i'm not looking at Mm -hmm. it through the lens of you know is this or isn't this socialism i just all of those things are american constructs in this mm-hmm. moment in our culture. What I'm looking through the lens of is the Sermon on the Mount. So everything, every issue, every policy issue that we're ever going to discuss, let's start with the Sermon on the Mount. Let's not start with, uh, you know, what Calvin might have or might not have said in Geneva mm-hmm. in, you know, whatever year. Uh, let's not start with what Reagan said or what Trump said or what anybody said, what mm-hmm. Marx said. Let's start with what Jesus said and apply that across everything. And there are good resources for that, you know, where I think we can pull people a little bit away from, yes, but Ben Shapiro said, or Tucker Carlson said, or this is what they said on MSNBC, or this is what, you know, AOC and the squad mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Say, well, no, what did Jesus say? What does yeah. the Old Testament say? What do the psalmists say? And then how does that apply? And it's okay if we come to different policy conclusions while we're trying to apply the Sermon on the Mount to modern living, because we're going to come to different policy conclusions. Totally, totally. And that is really scary for for some people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very scary. You know, it makes me wonder about Christian media. You and I have both produced things and Christians, and I love you guys are trying to like help people think positively about Christianity and a post-Christian culture. And I'm trying to bring conversations to the table that make people love Jesus more. And you did a, a video on race in America, which got a couple of views um, <laughs> up on YouTube. 1.1 million, I last checked it had. And um, I think my question for you is what keeps you wanting to stay engaged in these conversations? Because it's not like you're just having these conversations around your dining room table with your with your wife and your kids and a couple of friends. You're having them in, in a vulnerable medium where we get to just listen to you guys have conversations. Yeah. Um, and what keeps you wanting to do this? Like, why stay engaged Boy, in these um, conversations? Uh, to be perfectly frank, some days I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm like, I just, can I just sit this one out? I'm, you know, um, it, when you, when you go for sacred cows, you know, when you go, we are always prone as a people to idolatry. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, this is what's most important to me. And this is what's going to keep me safe. So this is what I'm going to put up on, a, you know, on a, on a pedestal without yeah. even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And when you poke at some of those false gods, you know, some of those idols, um, like national security, you know, like, mm-hmm. like having enough to, su- to support a family at a, you know, upper middle class lifestyle as a, as a mark of being a faithful Christian. Um, when you poke at some of those things, I, rocks hit you in the side of the head pretty quickly. And that is exhausting. You know, it really is exhausting to just try to read a book or eat your dinner and, and have pebbles just constantly hitting you in the side of the head. Um, so there are points where I was like, I just, do I really want to, I just really want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's, it's, you know, the guys like the guy at the water park, there's mm-hmm. just, or I was at a coffee shop. I was at a coffee shop in Wheaton and someone uh, in front of me grabbed a napkin and wrote on it, you know, your voice on the Holy Post is invaluable and just left mm-hmm. the napkin on the counter because I was next in line behind him and then yeah. walked away. You know, so I get up there and here's a napkin just mm-hmm. saying thank you to me. So, yeah. you know, and that napkin is, if you're out there, the napkin is on my refrigerator mm-hmm. right now because in the morning, I really need that, you know, because I'm an introvert. I'm not a flamethrower. I don't want to be Tucker Carlson on either side. I don't, you know, the, yeah. the liberal version of Tucker Carlson or the conservative version of Tucker Carlson. That's not how I'm wired, which is probably why I should be doing it because I don't enjoy it. Because if you enjoy it, you probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But I do need those encouragements, you know, just the note from someone saying, thank you for, for doing what you're doing and mm-hmm. keep it up. It's like, okay, yeah. I'll try. But you also need breaks, you know? Yeah. I, just, I would not have known that you were an introvert, Phil. I'm totally an introvert. That's why I, that's why I'm an animator and a puppeteer. That's why you want to make things. Yeah, I want to make things and I want to make things from behind like puppetry from behind yeah. a counter. I want to go behind a counter and then I'm going to entertain you without you ever seeing me. And Wow, it's like okay. Yeah, animation is the same way. I'm going to bring something else to life that will be my avatar. You know, so uh-huh. Bob the Tomato was me projecting me into the world without having to show up visually. Wow. Yeah. And yet every single week you have to I show know. up not visually, I but know. your whole self. I know. Scary. <laughs> it's scary, Jamie. <laughs> well, good job of stepping into your fear. I and, do. It, it helps to have Sky around because Sky's kind of fearless, you know, because mm-hmm. he doesn't really care what people think. Or at least if he does, he's really good at hiding it. Um, yes, partly because there's the other part of the work that I do, which is trying to teach kids the Bible. And I know that if a whole bunch of parents get mad at me Ooh. because of something I said about Donald Trump or something I said about race, then they go to all their parent friends and say, don't buy any of his kid stuff anymore. And that's happened. I've had that happen. And that's like, So where's oh, the line for you then? Because this I, is like, I mean, this is hard because you're yes. having to say, do I say what I feel and then they don't buy my stuff or do they right. buy my stuff and I go in a corner and just don't say anything? Right. I know. I wrestle with that every, and my wife knows how much I wrestle with that. It's like, oh, how visible do I want to be on this issue? You know, how visible do I want to be on that issue? And that's another reason for pulling back on social media, because when you do social media, you can end up with what you said in front of anyone. You know, yeah, yeah. There, there are only only so many people listen to the podcast, um, uh-huh. and they tend to self-filter. 
you know, so uh-huh. so if they don't like what we're about, they, they're already gone. They've they're already not coming back every right, week. Right. Yeah. So so I'm really trying to live like two secret lives, you know, like yeah. Clark Kent and Superman. <laughs> I don't and I don't know which one is which. I don't know if I the know. podcast guy is Superman or the kids, you know, the Mr. Rogers guy is Superman. Yeah or neither of them are Superman. They're both just different Clark Kent's that are like, hey, you're really messing with my business over here. Can you knock it yeah. off over there? Yeah. 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 That's that's the that's the puzzle of my life, Jamie. Hey, Fidelity. Can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then... When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. You know, I've had, not to this extreme by any ways, but I have been known to be able to hang out in different camps. I'm talking yes. church camp, not yeah. camp we go to, but different different tribes, maybe I should say. Um, and we, uh, the Washington Post did an article on our family in 2021, maybe. And I was supposed to do a couple events around the SBC convention and I got asked to not come hmm. because of that article. And it's that same kind of dilemma as in, yep. I didn't lose any sleep. It is what it is. But it is these things where you're like, if I say what I think, I know some people are going to be like, she's not on our team anymore or he's yep. not on our team. And the truth is, guess what? I bet we're on the same team. Like, you know yep. what I mean? It's so yep. crazy. It's well, like, the problem is how we're defining team. The The problem is, you. yes. And and it's very, you know, part of me just wants to say, if if you define team that way, I don't know that I can talk to you at all because we're coming, we're looking at the world. You're not looking at the world through a biblical lens. Um, at right. the same time, you think you are and you deeply resent if I say you're not. You know, mm-hmm. if I say that, that all of your political positions are filtered through the truth of scripture and scripture is how you have come to every political position, which also happened to line up perfectly with the platform of one or the other political parties in America in 2023. You know, so if I, if I point that out, that's really unsettling to say Mm. that I'm not sure all of your positions are actually biblical. I think they're cultural. Um, so you have to be careful because at the same time, if you're saying, and I would really love if you let me help you teach the Bible to your children. It's like, wait, 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 what? Wait, go back to the first thing you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, you yeah. Know, and I don't exactly know what to do about that because I'm, I'm conscious. I'm, I am uh, limiting my audience for teaching the Bible by trying to help you know, the pastor that's hanging on by the skin of his teeth 
Yeah. Because, you know, 2020 exposed things in his mm-hmm. congregation that he had no idea were there. And he doesn't know how much longer he can keep doing this. Yeah. And Which it, is a it, lot of pastors. Yeah. America. Yeah. And it's two different callings, you know. So, yeah. so part of me is a little frustrated with God for handing me these. I was going to say, you need to talk to the big yeah, like, about that. Uh, which, which are, <laughs> which of these is your priority for me right now? And also, yeah. and then the, here's this other voice. And which of these will help me sustain an upper middle class lifestyle? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How am I going to pay my bills? Yeah. How do I pay my bills? <laughs> Lord. And go to those indoor water parks again. Yeah. 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 With my grandkids, oh, they love the indoor water park yeah, in November. I mean, come on. God, you know how important <laughs> indoor water parks are to small yep. children. So which of these paths are you directing me towards that will that will be a land awash in milk, uh-huh. honey, and indoor water parks? Boy, boy, that's challenging. Because now you're looking at your own idols. And I there hate looking at my there own idols. Are. Jamie. Yeah, those are the worst. That's not fair. Those that's not worst. how it's supposed to go because I'm an influencer. So I help other people look at their eyes. <laughs> Point idols. out their own eyes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is why I love you. You know, um, Phil, we almost met. We I was did. Gonna tell you this at the beginning. Yeah, we almost met. And then the SBC uh, wouldn't let you come? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was at something else. Oh, okay. Um, I've actually been at an event with you twice. The first one, I don't remember the name of it. I, I have very low re- remembrance of it. It was pre 2020. Who knows when that was? But we were. At the same event, it wasn't really an event. You did the thing with Kirk Cameron on TBN, the Think, Pray, Vote oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'd love to hear if you have thoughts about it. Uh, I also was on there. Did and you? I was, Were you? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, full disclosure, uh, I love my friend Lori Crouch. Um, that's where uh, that's where my okay. tie, that's, okay. that's, I have a personal relationship with her. Matt, her. Matt texts me about every other month. Okay, perfect. So here we are. I was really surprised to be invited to that show. Yeah, so was um, I. The Think, Pray, Vote with Kirk Cameron. Because I thought to myself, I don't know if Kirk has seen or listened to my show or anything. Because I just thought, I don't think that I would have been invited. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, all the things. Yeah, but but that's not what the show is about. (laughs) (laughs) All that to say, you were backstage and you were there, and I was nervous to tell you how much I loved your show, but we were oh. in the same we were, room we were in the at green the same room? time, and there was hardly anyone there. I had my moment, oh, and I let it pass. man. Yeah, I, I actually said at one point to the person who was inviting me, and I forget who it was, um, are you sure you want me <laughs> yeah. there? Are you sure you have the right Phil Vischer? Yeah. And they said, no, no, we want, you know, we want a range. And then... You know, and then I did my thing with Kurt Cameron, and I tried to I tried to present you know possibilities that that every issue, every biblical issue, may not line up just on one side of the aisle. That there may be issues that line up on one or the other side of the aisle. And he was like, "Oh, well, okay," and and I wasn't quite sure where he was. And then I walked out of the back of the studio and saw his Jeep. And his Jeep, yeah, you saw the Jeep too, had two big Trump flags tied to the back of it. So he's, li- he's driving around Southern California with two giant Trump flags on his Jeep. And that, oh, okay. <laughs> so then you knew. Then you knew. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Jamie. I was actually, I was actually, um, really happy for them to put that put that show out and yeah. the fact that they invited you and they invited me yeah and they invited whereas, tony evans so they yes, they tried Dr. yes they tried yes so i was actually really grateful for that um and i love all of my time mm-hmm. on better together if they do one in 2024 
I don't know that either of us will be invited <laughs> back. We can we can do our own. I'll come to Chicago. We can all hang out yeah. and do our own thing. Yeah, do our um, own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's where we almost met. And anyhow, here we oh, are. That was exciting. Um, that's exciting just say, to know that, that we were that just close. Just to know that Is, we were so close that's to meeting. Exciting. Um, I want to say two things, and then I'm going to ask you what you're reading. Yeah. I want to say that I don't think I've even told my audiences because I don't know that they would know, but I got invited to be the whole uh, part of the Holy Post pundit. Yeah. Am I a pundit? You're a pundit. 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 I don't even know what it actually means yet, but yeah. when I got the email, I also said, are you sure that you are sent this to the right person? Uh -huh. Because then I saw the list of people, and I thought to myself, they definitely thought that, that that they got the wrong person. But no, John was like, you're in. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so honored. Yeah. Well, we want a range of people. We want voices that we can call on for different things. Like, oh, this story just broke. <laughs> Who on this list would be really good at talking about this story? And, you know, I, there are those stories where it's going to be, hey, where's Jamie? We need Jamie. <laughs> there it is. We, there need is. Jamie. we don't need a scholar. We don't need a scholar. ASAP. Yes. Bring in the influencer. What do you, you when go. you, when you, what does your bio say you are? Like my bio that yeah. sends out to like a speaker? Yeah, or like yeah, yeah. Like your bio that goes out. I'm when, a podcaster and an author. Okay, okay. Mom to four. I mean, all the yeah, regular yeah, stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah we need a things. mom of four. Do we have <laughs> any, are go. any of our pundits <laughs> mothers of four? And I'm in. She, there you are. There, there you are. Yeah. Happy to have you aboard. Super excited. Um, Phil, an honor to have you on. I hope that I hope I still have listeners and no one's mad at us. I always feel, listen, I don't know. Now that I know a little bit more about you, yeah. sometimes when I have conversations like this, like I even want to, I overthink things. Like I'm like, okay, like I'm like online friends with Candace. Is she going to be mad at me? Like, do you ever overthink things like yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big it, for me, for me it, one of the things I think of is, oh, okay, we just took that position. Will Russell Moore still come on our show? <laughs> or have we... Russell Moore's got to love the Holy Post. He does. He does. But I'm always worried. You know, like at what yeah. point that, do we become something that would make his life even harder if he appears uh, I, on it? I think that you got a long ways to go before that. <laughs> Poor Russell. Poor Russell. Uh, I know. I'm an overthinker. I'll overthink yeah. this. But you know what? Yeah. Like... Here we are. Would this, and I'm so would this happy make Beth Moore even less likely <laughs> to let me interview her? Have you interviewed Beth? No, Caitlin did. Caitlin did. Caitlin gets to because Caitlin's Caitlin. Yeah. And Phil's Phil. Phil doesn't get to. I don't know why, but that was. <laughs> oh, she would love you. She would love you. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd love to hear. What are you reading these days, Phil? Well, you see, Jamie, we do this podcast and and then we mostly interview authors. And so I, we get a lot of books. So we get a lot. Believe me, I know. A lot of books. So here's a few that I've been reading lately that I've really enjoyed. Uh, first of all, my co-host, Caitlin Chess, has a new book that's about to come out called The Ballot and the Bible about how Christians through American history have attempted to use the Bible to argue for different political positions. How the Bible... I can't wait to read it. I yes, have it. How the Bible has been employed in politics throughout American history, not just like oh. the last five years, but like since George Washington, since the beginning, actually even wait. before then. Yeah, that's good. So that's uh, Caitlin Shetz's The Ballad. Uh, funny story about Caitlin, real quick, Phil. Yeah. My husband also listens to the show with me sometimes. Okay. And I love Caitlin. I just am like, she's so smart. She's go. I, I just, I love Caitlin so much. And when we were in Italy last summer, 
we landed the same time. And we ran into Caitlin at the airport. No like, way. We texted, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're leaving. And I tell my husband, I'm like, that's Caitlin from the Holy Post. He's like, she's so young. Like he just thought this wisdom was and, and, just. Oh, yeah. So yes. He'd never seen her picture. Never seen her. No, yeah. no. And she's I'm just, just like, I she's know. A pup. She's, she's, a, she's a young puppy. and smart. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Young, smart, and orthodox. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Second one. Um, I just interviewed Karen Swallow prior about her new book. And so that's the one I just finished reading, which I really enjoyed. It comes out like um, it's it's early August, I think. The Got it. E- The Evangelical Imagination. Mm-hmm. And it's about... I love Karen. Yeah. It's about how... Um, we think our reading of the Bible shapes how we view everything else, but very often everything else shapes how we read the Bible. And so specifically how our imagination, how we see reality. One of, one of the interesting quotes early on is, um, it is very hard to desire something you cannot imagine. Mm. So your imagination, you know, what is within your realm of imagination generates what you desire, generates how you view the world. And so her examination as a, as a professor of literature is, um, let's look at how evangelicalism and Victorianism, Victorian England, shaped each other because the evangelicals in England largely shaped the Victorian era, the ethics of the Victorian era. And let's, let's examine it by looking at Victorian literature. So the writings of everyone from, you know, Kipling through Dickens, um, you know, through all the way up through like H.G. Wells. Um, let's look at their writing and see the themes that were coming up in Victorian England that we're still wrestling with in American evangelicalism today. Wow. And when we're aware of those, we can see, ah, actually, the way we view this didn't come from the Bible. It came ding, ding. from Victorian England. Okay, that's the Evangelical Imagination by Karen Swallow Pryor. And then the other one, um, I'd probably, well, if you want history, Daniel Hummel's The Rise and Fall of Dispensationalism. Mm. 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 Rapture, the Antichrist. Uh, the Beast, the 666, the, you know, Left Behind books, all of that. Where Speaking did of Kirk Cameron. Where did it all come from? And how, um, how, <laughs> what's amazing is how recent in history most of that stuff is. Wow. That it really didn't exist before about 1830. Um, when you guys talk about that on the show. Yeah. I mean, I grew up Southern Baptist. I read all the books. I grew up. Yeah. This it really causes me to pause a lot. Yeah, that's an eye opener. Kind of have my mind. Yeah, yeah. That's an eye opener because you can find the roots of a lot of the stuff that's going on today. You know, including culture warring, um, that was influenced by this notion that that Christ's return is imminent, could happen Mm -hmm. any moment, and because Mm -hmm. of that, you know, we need to focus on not on helping uh, disenfranchised African-Americans get the vote in America, because that's rearranging the deck furniture on the Titanic, you know, because the ship is sinking. Mm. So global missions is the one thing we need to focus on. The one thing we need Mm. to focus on is global missions. And if that means, you know, and this is, we're talking 1880s at this point, 1870s. So during Reconstruction, Mm. we as a church, as a a conservative church, made a, a conscious move away from helping African Americans um, and Reconstruction to trying to reunify the North American white church for the cause of global 
evangelism. And we mm, threw African-American- That'll ruffle some feathers. Yeah, we threw the African-American church under the bus so that we could reunify the white church and bring the gospel to the ends of the earth because the return of Jesus was imminent. And that's to, to start to unpack some of those, you know, pull on those threads. It's like, holy cow, that's amazing. And then I'll just yeah. men mention one other because it's really fun, but it's headier. Christopher Watkins' Biblical Critical Theory. Uh, the book okay. is called Biblical Critical Theory, How the Bible's Unfolding Story Makes Sense of Modern Life and Culture. And he's, he's responding to um, what is critical theory in the culture today, whether it's, you know, critical race theory or your lit critical literature theory, there's lots mm -hmm. of different critical theories. Um, what is that? How does that work? And does the Bible do the same thing? Can you do the same mm. thing, which is looking for the structures behind the walls um, through a set of assumptions? So let's start with the biblical assumptions. And now let's look for the structures behind the walls of our society and our culture today through biblical assumptions. Fascinating book. So there. That's Did you guys have him on? Yes. Recently? Yes. Okay, yeah. Look yeah, it up. That's, I was like, I've heard this. Yes, it's really look good. Look it up. It's look really it up. Good. It's really good stuff. It is really good. Well, Phil, thanks for coming on the happy hour. You made my well, day. Jamie, was it happy enough? Was it, was it was happy. It, it was happy. It, did it qualify as a happy hour? It qualified. It qualified. Okay. So it was great. Okay. It was great. Because sometimes the news on. can be a little, you know, the news can be a little gloomy sometimes. It can, but it depends on how you talk about it and yes, how you make it. I and know. here we are. That's it's what good. I, that's what I try to do. I try to. That's what you do. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Jamie. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell, and the show is edited by Jason Talley. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC.